This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023-24 season. As always, live from Los Angeles. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time I go live or post a video. And you can also listen to this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow your boy on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. Well, this was anything but a pretty game. Last night, I apologize for not going live. Um, I had a game that I coached, so I got home late and I had to watch a recording of the game. I did still do Locked on Clippers. If you want to check my thoughts out on the Thunder game, you can go check them out there. And I did post a shorter video on my channel that was like seven minutes long, so check that out. But Memphis, you know, second night of a back-to-back in Memphis, they're missing everyone. You know, no John Moran, he's out for the rest of the season, no Desmond Bain. Um, Obviously, they didn't have Steven Adams, then they traded him the Rockets. No Brandon Clark still, so no Marcus Smart. So they were really, really shorthanded. And we made this game very difficult, and I'm not going to lie. I think we played like trash. I think defensively, despite the fact that we kept the team under nine, uh, under 100 points, nah, the reason why he kept them under 100 is because they're just not that good offensively because they're missing a lot of guys. But they had a lot of chances, a lot of chances to put us away, and we were very lucky that we were able to win this game. Again, I've said many times this season, as you know, I'm big on just get the job done. A win is a win. But this was particularly shaky. Because it was a, a shaky performance in response to a loss by 20. That's kind of what concerned me a bit. Because this team this season, we've shown a lot of championship tendencies in the regular season in the sense that when we've lost, we've really bounced back with a vengeance. This, this was like just skinning by by this, you know, by this much. Big three by James Harden late. That was gigantic. Kawhi Leonard in the in the third quarter, he really just took the game by the scruff of the neck on both ends, and he was like, "Fuck it, we're like we're not gonna lose. Like I'm not gonna allow us to lose." And then PG finally got something going in the fourth quarter, but we, Terrence Mann was the player of the game in this one. Zoo had a, a good game, but a very up and down game with some bad moments. So let's get into all of that. But the Clippers do outlast the Teddies, one hundred one to ninety five. Thank God we won the game, but I am just. Whew, Clipper Nation, I'm not making any hot takes, but we look shaky as hell right now these first two games after the All-Star break. We look, we don't look well-rested at all. Let's start out with the game, or the beginning of the game. Luke Kennard, shout-out to our old friend, Luke Kennard. Uh, always good to see him. Uh, he was actually guarding James Harden to start the game. They had the two Williams guys, Zaire Williams and Vince Williams. Vince Williams, who, by the way, I was pretty impressed with. I thought he played really hard. He really competed. And I know he's been like kind of a revelation for them this season. So he and Zaire Williams were guarding 2-1-3. And that left Luke Kennard guarding James. And that was the initial mismatch. And a couple of times, James got by him early in the game and found Terrence Mann for three. And, you know, Terrence was the story of this game. 
but it started from quarter number one. He had 10 points in the first quarter, but sadly he picked up a second foul in which his arm was literally being held. And they gave it to him. I don't know what it was about those two female referees tonight, but they just did. Maybe they were Laker fans because they did not mess with us at all. But I don't know what was going on there. Uh, Kawhi put us up eight, right? 23 to 16. And I was starting to get flashbacks from yesterday because we were up 23 to 16. And then we just ended the quarter poorly. And it was kind of the similar story with when Zubats came out of the game. Now, the difference was in this game, in, the, in terms of rotations, James Harden came back in earlier. You saw him last night. He came out early in the first and third, or about midway through the first and third, and then he would sit the rest of the quarter. In this one, he came back in uh, with about 345 left in the first quarter. But the most shocking thing of all, was that Ty Lue played P.J. Tucker. So for everybody that wants P.J. Tucker to play and saying, how about him, how about him? Well, he played him, and he was just a complete offensive liability in the first half, mainly. I mean, just... And here's the thing that's so weird. Ty Lue, because we didn't have Norm Powell tonight, who was out with a sprained ankle. I don't think it'll be too serious. Hopefully he plays against Sacramento. I don't remember when he sprained his ankle, but... Brian Seaman was kind of downplaying it in the in commentary saying I think it's just precautionary. So we'll see. Maybe we're load managing norm. I don't know. Did he sprain his ankle? Who knows? Point is, PJ Tucker playing was shocking to me. I thought we were gonna go with Brendan Boston or Kobe Brown before we went with PJ, but I get the line of I guess the line of thinking is we're older, we want to rotate players, we're playing our rotation guys a lot, PJ's bitching, we want to keep the locker room happy, let's give him a chance. The guy just is not respected on the outside, he's like hovering in the short corner where he's not going to shoot from, like waiting for an offensive rebound, but he can't really get off the ground the same way. He gets offensive rebounds all off timing and anticipation and just the bounce of the ball off the rim. Like, he does not contribute offensively at all. He'll do the classic, I have no nothing off the bounce i'm going to pass and then screen to try to do something to create an advantage because i'm not a spacer so my defender's going to sag off me let me try to set a screen to create an advantage but i'm very anti pass the ball and then screen to who you just passed to because you're kind of bringing they they're ju they just touched the ball you know they want to take a second to see what's going on and you're bringing your defender towards them and making it a crowded situation the second they touch the ball uh, i tell that to my kids that i coach all the time that's why i pass and screen away is usually what's taught at you know, fundamental levels, but geez, <laughs> PJ Tucker, Mason Plumley, and Russell Westbrook all playing at the same time. What was that? That was a complete catastrophe. No spacing at all. And Mason, I thought he did a decent job rolling to the basket, but this guy had several opportunities to catch lob passes that didn't even look from our vantage point on TV. Like didn't even look like that bad of passes by James Harden. Mason Plumley. I mean, I don't even know what to say. He, he may have worse hands than Zoo. And then defensively offers no resistance. And the Grizzlies, I'm not going to lie, they were hitting to start the game. They were really hitting to start the game. They were hitting some threes. And we were tied 29-29 after one. As far as Russell Westbrook, he had a quick four points going to the basket in that first quarter. But defensively, oh my God, in that first quarter, 
He, by the way, I was shocked that Amir Coffey didn't play at all in the first quarter. At all. Russell Westbrook's defense in that first quarter, it was reminding me of Russell Westbrook on the Lakers, which was a guy that didn't try very hard on defense, would get detached off the ball, wouldn't communicate. What the hell? People were talking, his fans were talking about defensive, all all defensive team candidacy. And he has been a pretty good defender for us this season, but these last two games, just not staying attached, not sitting in a defensive stance at all, just leaning over. I mean, getting lost off the ball, no resistance really on ball. You know what I've noticed about the Clipper players? When Zoo's healthy, they have such an over-reliance on him to bail them out. Like, they just overplay like crazy. And it's not good. We're just like letting line drives to the rim and putting Zoo in tough positions, in my opinion. So, by the way, we're soft switching so much, like even off the ball. Like a guy will just run past a guy and will switch. Like it's insane. And I think sometimes it just, it's lazy. Like stay attached for a sec. Stay arm's length. Like, you know, I don't know, man. I think we have an over-reliance on Zoo sometimes. And I thought he did a good job protecting the rim. But he had some trouble guarding Jaron Jackson one-on-one. Let's be honest. He had some good defensive possessions against him contesting. But there were also times where Jaron Jackson went right into his chest and Zoo only could foul. And his last two fouls to foul him out of the game were really bad decisions on his part. Like, when he puts his arms up and then he's pointing his fingers down and his arms down like that, that's a foul. And when you have three fouls, or sorry, four fouls, and then especially five fouls, and you're swiping or something like that, trying to get a block, that's pretty low IQ stuff. You, you're very important to this team. Very important. So Zoo's got to be better there. He still had a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, and I thought he did a good job def- protecting the rim. Outside of a couple of missed chippies, he was pretty good. I mean, 10 points, 10 rebounds on 5 for 7 shooting in 27 minutes. He didn't get to the line. And I just have to say, like, the whistle that he gets on both ends of the floor is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I've been complaining about this for fucking years. What's with Davidsa Zubats' whistle? It's it's just ridiculous. Disrespect from the refs that he gets is insane. Anyway. Oof. Second quarter. The Grizzlies had a line, some lineups that were super small with like uh, Santi Aldama at the five and they were switching everything. And we started to see that same kind of athleticism and youth that gives us problems against other teams was coming to play here. Gigi Jackson, Vince Williams, Zaire Williams. These guys were getting up and down the floor. But I just think the Clippers are a little lazy. Like, their defense just was not sharp. You know, they allowed 59 points in the first half to this team. We were down 59-53 at the half. And a lot of it was just turning the ball over and then not rebounding. They had 20 more shot attempts than us in, by, at halftime. 20 more. Killing us on the offensive glass. And we had 12 turnovers in the first half. And I also just think we were not showing enough resistance you know, uh, defensively. I, we do this. <sighs> Mason Plumlee's not a good defender. Russ and James were not good defensively really at all in that first half. Paul George was mediocre. And Terrence Mann was good. I mean, defensively he was okay, but offensively he was pretty great. Uh, the thing is he kind of struggled with foul trouble in that first half. But 
Second half was really making me nervous. The third quarter, we definitely stepped up defensively, but I still think these guys, the Teddies, they just missed some open shots. And again, they just don't have their players. But we only allowed 16 points in that second half. We definitely, I thought, did a better job of clamping down a little bit. But it was mainly two guys, if I'm being real. Well, three, because Terrence as well. Kawhi Leonard and Zubats. Mainly Kawhi Leonard. He really took over the game, uh, in my opinion. Constant uh, deflections, blocks, moments of well-timed help. And offensively was scoring. Dunking with authority. Like, come on. He was, he was over it. He was over the bullshit. He was like, we can't lose this game. Kawhi Leonard doing what he does. Because the other guys were just messing around. Like, Paul George wasn't being aggressive enough. He only shot six times in the first half. Six times. And then James Harden, you know, I thought he created some really good shots for Terrence and other guys. And it was very clear what the Teddy strategy was. It was load up and on, on the pick and rolls with Harden, help off of Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey. Force us and Russ. Force us to pass to those three guys. And we made it easier for them by putting in P.J. Tucker. They were just going to help off him as well. And that made things harder for Harden. But I also think James passed up some mid-range stepbacks. And I think he's just not been creating the same advantages over the last month or so. Seriously. And they had some youth and athleticism. And I also think sometimes Kennard got away with fouls. But our stars were just outside of Kawhi. Really just bullshitting. I don't think Paul George was unserious per se. I think he was just continuing to miss shots. He's really been missing shots lately. His defense was mediocre, which is not good enough for somebody who's this great two-way player. I mean, Paul George, I love Paul George to death, man. He's my second favorite player on the team. And he's become one of my favorite players of all time for his contributions to the Clippers. But the guy is one of the most overrated defenders I'm in, in the league right now. Like for the last, since he's been a Clipper... He, when he when he's puts his mind to it, he's, he's pretty great. But sometimes his effort and his lack of communication, especially off the ball, is just is very poor. It's very poor. It's like sometimes when he misses shots, the rest of his game just kind of falls off. I'm not saying that was the case tonight because he made some really big shots at the end. And I thought that he was trying. And in the second half, he definitely stepped up defensively. I'm not saying he was very good. He was just not – he was decent. Good enough to win this game against this tr- – very injured Grizzlies team. But that's not the level that we need him at defensively to win at all. We need him to be great. We need him to be an elite two-way player. We got James Harden so he could step it up defensively, and he was when we were winning. Uh, you know, on the winning streak and, and, and thriving. But uh, James Harden was, what, 0 for 6 before he made that shot at the end? Let me see. It may have been 0 for 7. And then in that third, let me just say this about that third quarter. Terrence Mann, I, for the most part, he was letting it fly tonight. But he needs to keep letting it fly. Sometimes he's like allergic to missing two shots in a row on back-to-back possessions. Like, dude, it's okay. Let it fly. You've got to keep the defense honest and you're shooting well. And I think as the game went on, he did. And he made some big shots. But, oh my God, I just think the, the carelessness with the ball from everyone. Let's see the turnover count. Paul George had five. Kawhi Leonard had six. James Harden had four. And Westbrook had three. So the big four, they had 18 turnovers. Are you serious? Reckless passes. At times, they were just not moving the ball quick enough. Like Somebody was open, mainly Amir and Terrence, and they just wouldn't move the ball quick. 
and none more frustrating than Russell Westbrook early in that fourth quarter. You know, Russ did a really good job of getting to the basket. At one point of the game, he was 5 for 8. He ended 6 for 15. He was literally 5 for 8. And he went 1 for 7 the rest of the way. Paul George was in. And look, he wasn't having the best shooting game. But he had knocked down a mid-range early in that fourth, right? And Russell Westbrook, three straight times down, looks for his own shot. You're the point guard, man. Like, it doesn't surprise me because I know who Russell Westbrook is. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But this is why, partially why he hasn't won a championship. Sorry, Russ fans. Stupid, boneheaded shit like that. Bro, Paul George is in a slump. We're playing against a weak team. He's a better scorer than you. He just made a shot. And you're shooting three shots in a row. I saw everyone stands and watches you. Seriously, I was getting nervous. I was getting really nervous. Don't prove these haters and Laker fans right, bro. Seriously. These are things that are very much in Russ's control. And he's going ISO one-on-one three possessions in a row because he's five for eight and he's feeling himself a bit. But Paul George, like, and you know how Paul George is. He's so passive, he won't even do anything. But Russ, I mean, geez, that made me so nervous. We were really flirting with disaster in this game. Really flirting with disaster. And you know who else was really bad? Amir Coffey. These last two games since the All-Star break, he's been all over the place. He hasn't been able to guard anyone. He's missing shots, and he's not taking them with conviction. He made one good mid-range, but that was it. One for six. Two, two, two points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals. But, geez. And no, I'm not worried about Amir at all. He just, he needs to keep letting it fly, though. Like, stop with this passiveness because you missed a couple of shots. You're shooting really well from three. But it really was Kawhi Leonard to me in that fourth quarter that started bringing it home. Big time dunks, huge defense, timely steals. That buzzer beating three to end the third, by the way. And yeah, we played P.J. Tucker a little more in the four, in the second half as well. Got an offensive rebound, but for the most part, he did absolutely nothing. Um, I, I'm over like P.J. Tucker should not be playing anymore. We gave him a chance. That was it. He had three rebounds, and that was it. Zero points, no turnovers, no shots in 14 minutes. Mason didn't play in the second half, just like last night. He was 0 for one. And he was 6-for-6 six six from the line. Six points, one board. He was a minus five in his eight minutes. But I got to give credit to James Harden. He made a big three at the end. That step back, that was his only made field goal tonight. That was really clutch. We went back to giving James a lot of minutes tonight. 38 and a half. You know, after last night, he didn't play much. 29 minutes. or uh, Play much compared to what he's been playing. Paul George. I think he had his best quarter in the fourth. He actually shot well from three in this game. Four for seven. Only one for five from two. So that's actually kind of rare. He usually does really well from two and sometimes will shoot himself out of the game from three. But 14 points, five rebounds, three assists. The thing was the five turnovers and the mediocre defense really pissed me off. And it's just the timeliness of his turnovers and how ridiculous they are. Just ugh, it can be so frustrating. He needs to play better. He needs to play better. I don't give a fuck that we won because I'm defending Paul George all day today. It's been a, the month of February. He has not been good. 
And this is getting longer than he, what he normally does. He needs to step it up because we're 27 games away from the big time. 27 games away. He's got to be better. Anyway, he did make big shots, though. And I will say this. Offensively, I didn't have a problem with, like, I don't think he over-dribbled too much. I don't think he shot too many bad shots. I really don't. I just think he missed shots. At times, I don't think he was aggressive enough. But the turnovers in the defense, as I said. Kawhi, though, he really brought us home, man. It's just such a luxury to have a player like that. The best player we've ever had. 24 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and a block. Turnovers were excessive. OD, unlike Kawhi to have 6 turnovers. Um, but, he, you know, he's got to clean that up, and he will. 10 for 18 from the field. 2 for 6 from 3. Just 2 free throw attempts for Kawhi, and he made them both. He was just big time. And that dunk he had when there was literally 4 black jerseys in the paint. Oh, man. Or around the, you know, in the picture, basically. was beautiful. He had several dunks in this one. My player of the game, no doubt about it. But Terrence, man, I mean, he came close, and he made a lot of big plays. I love the little battle between him and Vince Williams. Um, and Terrence, he was getting physical, really great cutting from him, knocking down the open three, and just being in the right place at the right time. I think the game-sealing play was when he threw it up, to, up ahead to Amir, Amir missed, and he followed it up. And that's what I always say to my the, uh, the kids that I coach is you don't have to dribble the ball up the court and throw it. If you see a teammate up ahead, just throw it because it gives the defense less time to recover. So then if you know you, someone like Terrence, hustling, smart, fills. So even if a Memphis Grizzlies body has to run and defend and blocks your player at the rim, your teammate at the rim, you're following it up because you had numbers and you threw the ball up quickly so the defense had less time to recover. Terrence Mann did that. He threw it up. Amir missed. He followed it up with a dunk. He was just amazing. 23 points, 12 rebounds. How about the double-double? Five of them offensive rebounds, one assist, one steal, just one turnover on nine for 17 shooting and four for eight from three. One free throw attempt, and he made it. That man, in 31 minutes, big-time performance. Really happy for him, and, and hopefully that can regain his confidence with the three ball because it's been up and down this year. It's crazy when someone makes shots, what their body language difference on defense can be. Zubats had a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Fouled out of the game, 5 for 7 from the field. Russ, 13 points, 2 rebounds. No assists. I mean, that tells you the story right there. Three turnovers. He had some passes where, like, they just had no chance of going through. There was one play out of a timeout where the play was for Mason to get a layup or a dunk, and he clearly just wasn't there. Like, he wasn't available. He tried, but they, they cut it off, and Russ still threw it. <laughs> like, come on, man. If it's not there, you can't just – I know that's the first option that the play was drawn up for, but come on. Like, it was very clearly not there. But anyway, he was 6 for 15. One for four from three and had no free throw attempts, but he had some good takes to the basket. I said Amir, one for six, two points. And James Harden, nine points, eight rebounds, eight assists. So he almost got a triple-double. He did have some great passes. Four turnovers, though. One for eight from the field, one for four from three. It was the Terrence and Kawhi show for me. Um, and we got the job done, and that's all that matters, right? It doesn't matter in the end of the... At the end of the day, but we got to be better against Sacramento. Point blank, end of story. We shot 44% from the field. They shot 42%. And as I said, we were minus 20 in the shot attempt category at halftime, but we only ended with seven less shot attempts. 
and we had one more free throw. So we'll take that at the end. Um, we were 37.5% from three. They were 23% from three. They just started out making a couple in the first quarter. But Jaron Jackson, I have to say, he gave us some problems. We switched to Kawhi guarding him late in the game, and he had some really nice stops. Um, but he did score, get scored on once or twice as well. So it was tough. We had to go with a lot of small ball. And again, I'm very concerned about the small ball with James Harden and Norman Powell out there together. And though Norm didn't play tonight, but they're going to get attacked. And I'm not saying they're terrible, but against the elites, can they hold their own against the stars? James Harden had a huge defensive stop, by the way, that led to that Terrence Mann uh, dunk. And that was him stripping the ball from Jaron Jackson. So big time play by Harden, who I don't think was very good defensively, but he made a big play there. And I, get, I, I don't care that they scored 95 points. My eye test did not see very good defense. Second half, I thought they stepped it up, but Kawhi and Zoo really anchored it. Really. They had a lot of chances, Memphis. But anyway, Clippers win it. 101-95. to Got the job done. Let's see how we do against Sacramento. Uh, as far as the Grizzlies, I'm sorry, the Lakers, uh, they're playing against the Spurs right now. The Warriors game, LeBron didn't play, and he was at the All-Star game. So, I'm there's nothing. I'm not even going to talk about that game. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, what, the society that we're living in, this NBA that we're living in, that can happen is ridiculous. I don't care what LeBron apologists say. It's a joke that he is going to the All-Star game, that he's being allowed to do that, and he doesn't play in the actual game with the team that pays him. So... Lakers deserve that loss. By the way, Steve Kerr getting an extension. Uh, Steph Curry has two more years on his contract, so giving him a two-year extension. It shows you how much Steph Curry likes Steve Kerr. That's what it shows me. Um, but anyway, I'll talk about Lakers Spurs maybe the next time I go live. I'll be at the game, by the way, against the Kings, so you'll get a vlog. I haven't gotten one in a while, so tap in. Make sure you guys comment on the video. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar a dime. Peace. Guys, I forgot one thing. Daniel Tice needs to be played over Plumlee. I've been saying this for weeks. He's so much better than him. Offers way more resistance at the rim. Can stretch it the floor a little bit more. Tice. Tice, baby. Come on.